Hi, you're very welcome to this, the first Celt podcast of the academic year. I'm Ian McLaren. And I'm Ronya McGrath. What we're planning to do in each monthly episode is take some time to share ideas, news about teaching, learning, academic practice and the university in general. We've lined up a number of interviews and panel discussions with colleagues and guests for the rest of the series. For this first edition, we're going to hear about some ongoing activities with which we're involved, as well as an interview with Lucy Elvis, who is one of the partners in a really exciting project that links students, schools and philosophical inquiry. First, in terms of news, we thought we'd let you know about a new facility that's available to all staff and students. It's a new mini recording studio that's incredibly easy to use. In fact, it sets itself up automatically and you only have to press a button to record and again to stop. You can just pop into the room and record a piece directly to camera, either sitting down or standing. If you also want to record slides from your own laptop, you can do that too just by plugging into an HDMI cable and the system automatically detects your computer and records both what's on the screen and your video alongside. All you need to do is bring along a little USB memory stick to store your recording and take it away to edit, upload or just watch again. It's perfect for people who need to record a talk or who just want to practice their presentation skills. It's completely free to use for any student or staff member and you just book a slot on the library website, collect the key at the issuing desk and hand it back when you're finished. The mini studio is in the library and you can book it online and details are also on our website. Thanks to Kevin Hines and Brendan Kelly in Kelt and colleagues in the building's office and the library for providing this. Our informal lunchtime seminar programme for this academic year is based on discussing what higher education means. In particular, we've organised a number of panels to explore key graduate attributes. And the first of these is looking at different interpretations of critical thinking. Somewhat of a buzz phrase these days. We're taking time over a provided light lunch to hear what it means in the context of different academic disciplines and in practice. Please come along. All are welcome and the details of the programme are on the CELT website. The Critical Thinking Seminar is on Thursday the 11th of October at 12.30 in the CELT Training Room. That's AM207. Also this academic year, we're running the popular Digital Champions Initiative once again. This is open to staff and students. All are welcome. Here's Blonnet and Gronje to tell us about it. All Aboard is a national project led by NUI Galway, which aims to improve the skills and confidence of staff and students in the use of digital tools and technologies. We developed a simple framework that helps people map out their skills and knowledge and plan their learning and development. It's in the style of a metro map, with different lines corresponding to different types of technologies and applications. At the project website, allaboardhe.ie, you'll find lots of short online lessons that anyone can take and get some credit along the way by earning digital badges. One of the spin-outs from this project is NUI Galway's Digital Champions, or DigiChamps. Digital Champions is a staff-student partnership and is open to all students and staff regardless of whether you are academic, admin, technical, undergraduate or postgraduate. It's based on a series of workshops and similar events spread throughout the year and you can attend any that you are interested in. They take place at lunchtimes and pizza is provided, as long as you register in advance. The topics we cover include things like your digital identity and well-being, learning to make digital videos, and graphics and design. Lots of different topics and we're open to, the, to suggestions for future events. 
The workshops are informal and they are one of the few spaces in which students and staff learn together, helping one another and building confidence. You can find out our programme of events for this academic year at digichampsnyg.com or listed on the Celt website. Everyone is welcome, so please pop along, learn something new and have a bit of fun doing it. You can also earn digital badges to demonstrate your skills development. And these are used on sites like LinkedIn, ePortfolios and online CVs where people can showcase their achievements. And many of our student digital champions have also gone on to practice their skills on campus, helping out at open days by running Snapchat competitions or working with the conference and marketing offices during conferences hosted at NUI Galway. Digital Champions is now in its third year and going from strength to strength. So why not come along and find out what it's all about? Everyone is welcome. Digichampsnyg.com Linking university staff and students with the community, probing the big questions, building skills and philosophical inquiry. These are just some of the aspects of an exciting initiative run by the Discipline of Philosophy here in NUI Galway. Earlier, I spoke with PhD student Lucy Elvis, one of the main coordinators of the scheme, and asked her to tell us what it's all about. Uh, my name is Lucy Elvis, and uh, together with Dr Ola Richardson and Annie McKenna Donovan, I coordinate the Philosophical Dialogue Project at NUIG Philosophy. So can you tell us what that project is about? Yeah, sure thing. So uh, this project began in uh, 2017, and it's based in the, the P4C, the Philosophy for Children Pedagogy. Um, and we're hoping to establish communities of philosophical inquiry, both inside the institution, so in the university, students working with other students in structured dialogue, and outside of the college by working in schools at first and second level to foster structured dialogue around philosophical questions uh, with young pupils and young people in our city. The, the P4C pedagogy is, is based on the notion that it's really important to foster philosophical questioning. And the reason why that's important is because philosophical questions are common, so they're connected to our human experience, and everybody encounters them in social life and family life and brokering friendships and making ethical decisions. They're contestable, so we cannot agree about them, and we see this all the time, particularly in, in the current Irish political situation referenda that have just recently happened, decisions about large meta-communities like the EU, the tragedy of Brexit, uh, and, and they're enduring. So we have asked them in the past, we find them in places like the pre-Socratics in Plato and Aristotle, and we will ask them in the future as societies develop. We will continue to ask the same questions about the best ways that we can live together. So equipping people um, with the skills to answer and explore philosophical questions and investing in the curiosity that helps you to ask those is a fundamental skill, not only for a flourished life and a satisfied sense of self, but also for active citizenship. But the fringe benefits of these kinds of questionings um, is also a key set of critical skills. So understanding, taking positions, giving reasons, applying examples, testing those positions with counter arguments um, and being able to be open to other people's point of view and they're something that we need in the academy we look for them in our students all the time we bemoan that we don't have them mm. after they've emerged from the grueling leaving cert and the rote learning that's <laughs> entailed in all of that process um, and so for us it's fundamental both in the university but also in the community and giving these children both a skill set as citizens, as members of communities, but also as careful, accurate and, and caring thinkers, we like to say. Okay, so how does it work in practice? What, how would you 
run sessions in the school or how do you lose with the school? Okay. So when we when we're going to schools the first session we do is about is about what a philosophical question is and making those distinct from other kinds of questions and we do that by showing them that philosophical questions exist um, in some of their favourite places like movies or books uh, and we quite often journey out from very basic closed questions so things that we can observe things that we might google or ask an expert something that might be a matter of conjecture and then we get to our fourth kind of question which is the philosophical question uh, and once we've shown them that you can ask a philosophical question about something they may be really interested in like spider-man homecoming <laughs> uh, and we usually use that do that through finding concepts like uh, heroism bravery superpowers mm. if they found a philosophical question about a concept they identify with really closely in their own lives we use that as a device then to move on and start asking questions mm. through a stimulus so a regular session uh, begins with some kind of warm-up games and they're usually quite informal to test softly a philosophical skill. So it might be reason giving, might be question making, might be just taking, taking positions, might be looking at examples. Uh, then we present a stimulus and the stimulus can be anything from a short film to an artwork to a storybook. We've used newspapers before. We've even used experiences in the summer camp we ran in 2017. Uh, and after we've offered the stimulus, then the kids break away and they make the questions themselves. And this is a really important activity, not only in developing that recognition of concepts and the formation of the question, but it gives us an indication of what they're really, really interested in. So younger children can be very interested in ideas of friendship. When they get a little bit older, they're very into the concept of fairness. <laughs> this is true. Uh, and then when they get older again, they can be quite interested in epistemological issues, which is really funny because they're act actively engaging them with their, with their curriculum. After they've asked the question, we vote as a group on which question we want to take forward. So they form the questions in small groups. Okay. We may have four questions to choose from, and then we, we use a democratic process to choose those. And we try different methods of voting so they understand different methods of democracy. So we may have open voting where they can choose as many. We might have voting similar to uh, elections where they rank them one, two, three, and four. And we can be, you know, we make that fun by being relatively strict about lobbying and about, you know, spoiling ballots and that kind <laughs> of thing. And that's a fun way to get them interested yeah. in democratic processes and understanding both the benefits and limitations of those. And then when we've picked the question, the most important part of our process is the inquiry. So the first thing we will do is ask for an initial position, someone very brave to say to us, what is our position on this question? Once we have a few positions out, we try to get the group together to rigorously test one of those so we talk about examples that we might have from our curricular knowledge, from our everyday lives, which of course is another legitimate form of knowledge that, that we want to explore. They think about counterpositions, so they might imagine what someone who doesn't agree with them would say. And this is very important mm -hmm. for a kind of open thinking, creative thinking that we, yeah. we look for all the time in our economy. And together we try to reach a reasonable philosophical judgment. That can be difficult in 45 minutes with a group of 30 <laughs> children who all have something to say. Um, but what's very important for us at the end of our discussion is that we do something called a, a meta-review. And that's key for developing metacognitive skills that help mm. children to understand the processes behind their thinking and the success or failure of the product of their thinking based on the processes or yeah. level of involvement that they've chosen. So we ask some questions, we set targets as a group for the next discussion that we might have. So do we want to bring more examples next time? Do we want to be more diverse? Mm. Do we want to share the talk better? And we might 
think about bringing a technique so we've tried things like talk tickets where the kids maybe talk only five times and then pass on or leave the space open for other people or we might just make a tacit commitment to say we'd like to hear from quieter people in the group maybe we'll leave a bit of space after we've spoken to give them a chance to to interject but it's very important that the children set those goals for themselves so that they're fully empowered as thinkers and so that authority is decentered through this process so we're only there as facilitators and our students are there as facilitators as well as opposed to conventional teachers which can be more one directional in terms of interaction it's much more open and we're hoping that they will take up more of the room for talking as the sessions progress and their skills get sharper. How's the reception been? It's been really wonderful. We've yeah. been overwhelmed by the reception, actually. We almost can't get into enough schools quickly oh, really? enough. Yeah. So we began working with Scarlet Nodge, and they're our key partner in the project. Um, but since we started the, the pilot scheme in March of 2017, we've trained nearly 50 students um, as facilitators. Okay. Two cohorts of these have gone out into schools and worked with kind of six class students, both uh, in Scarlet Nudge and in St. Nicholas School. We've also worked with uni for You, the, the um, scheme through the Access Office, with Skullvrige and the Merview School. We've worked with fifth and sixth class students from there. We have colleagues in the philosophy department using this as part of their Youth Academy programme for the last yeah. two iterations. Uh, and then we've developed a lot of links with other parts of the university and that's been really wonderful because we hold that philosophical questions are the basis of many academic disciplines so the fact that we're able to use this methodology to support the work of other dis- other disciplines is very exciting so this year we'll be working with the international office in a service learning program sending people out to school we've developed this peer assisted learning program which will trained facilitators within college who work in the philosophy department to help embed those skills with our first years and we're also working with children's studies um, in a participatory research methods module where students will become a community of philosophical inquiry doing that process that I described to you uh, so they can understand how the P4C pedagogy may be used as a participatory research tool Um, and it's been quite successful in other countries particularly the UK uh, and in Australia as a participatory research methodology. Very good. And what, the students who uh, are trained as facilitators and, and do this work, where are they, what stage are they at in there? Um, they yeah. are second year students yeah. from the philosophy department and some of them are international students coming okay. from uh, US universities. So they're also um, second or third year yeah. majors. So um, for them, it's really interesting. And for myself as a PhD student, it's been a great process as well because participating in the community of philosophical inquiry and indeed facilitating one gives you a lot of extra soft skills that help with academic writing. And most of our students have anecdotally reported this and we're hoping yeah. that later this project will develop into research into the benefits of philosophical dialogue and academic thinking. Very good. And it certainly lines up with the whole notion of graduate attributes, what are graduates capable of doing and... Uh... So it's a really nice example of linking the academic discipline with those kinds of skills and perspectives as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of nice because the skills in philosophy are very transferable and they're quite often the skills now that employers are saying that they're looking for and maybe missing in, mm. in graduates. And it's not that the graduates perhaps don't have those skills and capacities, mm. it's just that they need a forum in which to hone them and to recognise them yeah. and to see them as, as important parts of their self-formation, important attributes that they can see as laudable which Mm. perhaps aren't tested or um, seen distinctly yeah it gives them tangible examples they can bring forward if they're but it benefits them not just in terms of employment but also 
generally speaking, in terms of the lifelong learning and uh, oh, exactly. and academic it, it, success. It definitely um, kind of helps you to see the world in a different way. So I went recently to the home of uh, Philosophy for Children, the IAPC in, in New Jersey, for a week-long um, kind of retreat with different practitioners. Mm. I was invited to go there and, and meet with international practitioners from the PPC pedagogy, and one of them described it in a really beautiful way. She said, participating in um, a community of philosophical inquiry helps you to see the world as glittering again with opportunities for curiosity. She said that's one of the most beautiful things that she's had from from practicing this particular pedagogy because you see the possibilities for thinking differently in every interaction and it makes you very open to to new experiences and to other people and to critically questioning the things that you maybe had accepted as read, which is very important in a rapidly changing society because it fosters a kind of intellectual resilience whereby you can hold on to the principles and ideals that you think are important and mediate your actions in terms of those and see the two things as closely related as opposed to simply what I do and what I believe. And that's it for this first episode. Join us next month where we'll hear from guests about other aspects of teaching and learning innovation. Bye for now.